Hey there, I'm Matthew Foley and this is ISO Insights, where God's truth grows in the midst of current culture, renewing the mind and spirit. Welcome to ISO Insights. We've got an episode here with Cindy Getchman. She's a missionary to Romania. And I'll just let you all know that are watching, we at ISO, this is, of course, ISO Insights, is not just sponsored by, but is a part of International School of the Word, ISOW. You can go to isow.org. And we're an online Bible school that offers all kinds of resources. We, uh, one of the ones that we have that isn't too common is our prophecy division, uh, being a spirit filled school. We also have a personal ministry and development. That's another section, a category of our website. We have theology, we have biblical studies, and we have Hebraic roots and languages of the Bible. So uh, among all of our things, one of the classes I want to plug today is missions and evangelism. We have uh, multiple different pastors and, and missionaries who are experienced in those fields speaking about the subject. And today we have Cindy Getchman, who's going to be talking about how missions works, her own background, and where God's led her, where she's come today from the leading of the Holy Spirit. So how you doing, Cindy? I'm doing good. Doing Thank very you. well. Doing very well. All right. Well, we've, we've been chatting before we started out here, but uh, just to go right into it and break the ice. So um, what was your experience with the Lord? What was your background with uh, just, just getting to know Jesus? Well, I grew up in in a Methodist church, mm -hmm. in a Christian environment, um, but we weren't so disciplined to go mm -hmm. to school every single day or go to church every week. And yeah. and then my mom accepted Jesus. And uh, when I was 13, I went to a youth camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there with different intentions to get in trouble and uh, do <laughs> not so good things at yeah. the youth camp. And totally changed my life. I really? had an encounter with Jesus at the youth camp with my um, friends from my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I got baptized. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was just a beautiful, awesome, life-changing weekend. And I was sold out for Jesus. Wow. So you grew up in Methodism. <laughs> and did you end up going to the, like a Pentecostal church at uh, that time? Like a non-denominational evangelical oh, yeah. church. Uh, in my city that was close mm -hmm. to me. And um, and then I started to get in really plugged into the church that had the camp, which mm -hmm. was a bit farther away from my neighborhood. And um, I was really involved in children's ministry there and was really evangelism out into mm -hmm. the parking lots in our community and was really on fire for God. And somehow along the way that church uh, sort of dipped uh, closed down. Oh, I don't okay. know why. I was a teenager. I didn't understand all the things. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the meantime, I took another path of, uh, I lost my enthusiasm for <laughs> Jesus. And I, I took another path and started, you know, having a good life, good times, mm -hmm. high school, graduation, did a lot of fun things with my friends. I wouldn't say, I mean, it wasn't drug addict or alcoholic, but Mm -hmm. um, was having fun times partying, I guess. Yeah. And, um, but I, all the time in the night when I would come home, always felt mm -hmm. like there was a call of God on my life for mm -hmm. something bigger than what I was doing. Wow. So even early on, uh, when you were in church and you were a part of the groups there, you work with kids and you were working with evangelism, with telling people about Jesus. So it was pretty, from early on, it sounds like those were big 
focus is you knew that that's what uh, that's really where you had passion where you were excelling where God was really doing a work in your life um, and uh, <laughs> most people most people at an early age are going to want to do fun stuff you know yeah, so right. then uh, did you get into adulthood go to go to college or exit high school and just kind of start doing your own thing or what what started to make you circle back to those things you experienced younger as in a teenage year time in, in your teenage years in my teenage fun times well i i left high school and i wanted to do more things explore the world mm -hmm. so i went straight to get a job because i wanted money mm -hmm. and i wanted a car and i moved out of my parents house and um so i needed money so i went to work and I have some uh, university. I went to business uh, mm. university, business school. How was that? And it was uh, stifling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not so good in classroom training, but yeah. on hands-on, uh, I was really good. Mm -hmm. And um, in the meantime, I got boyfriend and started to be together with him and then started to lose interest in uh uh, church and other things and got mm -hmm. all involved in the with a boyfriend I was involved with him for 15 years but even I did in the middle I did foster care my work was in social work I worked in the number one trauma center in my city and huge people person yeah huge I'm a huge person. person I can tell yeah they say I'm an extrovert but <laughs> I'm really an introvert really I love to be by myself really but wow I, I well, mean they this is my life. I'm yeah. an, I have to be an extrovert. <laughs> well, they say that, like, um, intro, because people will sometimes say that, and they'll mean when they say, oh, you're an extrovert, that uh, you're very outgoing. Or they'll say, oh, you're an introvert, meaning, like, you're a bit shy when you're around people. But I've heard people, it's become more mainstream, popular knowledge now. They'll say that an introvert, somebody who <laughs> actually feels recharged when they're by themselves. Maybe that's, yeah. and that's better. Maybe. Extrovert feels recharged by being around people and getting out. And they, they'll feel more like themselves. So Yeah, I could say maybe I'm in the middle of the road. I got you. I love yeah. both. So yeah. I love to be around people. But I also like to be alone, so mm -hmm. um, I spend. Um, but what was the question? I forgot. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> we're we're going wherever wherever the fun is. That's where we're going. <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of checking oh. where in this time in your life where where things were progressing. You know. Yeah. So the whole time when I was uh, I I was in social work. I worked in the hospital, mm -hmm. so I was a people person. Um, I, I worked with uh, drug addicts and alcoholics in a social environment, in mm -hmm. a social work environment at a, at a hospital. And um, I really had a passion for it. I, so I had a call on my life since the time I was 13, mm -hmm. and I knew I had a call on my life. But I took another direction, and I looked and searched. And when I was involved in the church, mm -hmm. and the church closed, I got a little lost and because it's not really about our relationship with the church, it's more mm -hmm. about our relationship with God. Jesus. So I always kept my relationship with, uh, with Jesus. And in the, in the nights in the, when I wasn't doing maybe what I was supposed to be doing, and I searched mm -hmm. for my call my whole life, but everything that I did in my life prepared me for what I'm doing now. Wow. So And I all the time in the night know that I had a call on my life, and I didn't, I always came back to that. Wow. And I was searching and searching for it. So I did foster care in my home 
because I wanted to do something with kids. I had heart for kids. In the meantime, I still had boyfriend, and even mm-hmm. even when I was with him, I still had heart to serve God and to serve kids and to serve the community. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know what it looked like. So then one day I was in uh, my home church when I, at, at age 35. I broke up with my boyfriend. Man, that's a long relationship. Yeah, 15 yeah. years. Woo. When he wanted to get married, I didn't want to. Mm. When he when was, well, we just could have never decide. It was Back a bit of a challenge. He did mm-hmm. what he wanted to do. I did what I wanted to do, and we were <laughs> happy. And then it was, but it was a dumb relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that's all well. I can say. And so after 15 years, I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, what am I doing with my life and why am I doing this? And then because I know I got to do something for God. So I went to our church where um, Dr. Pastor V, Pastor yeah. <laughs> v, Dr. V, he was the pastor of the church in St. Louis. And for five years, I just went and sat under his teaching for five years nonstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the doors were open, I was there. I didn't care to socialize. I don't recommend for everyone. But <laughs> for yeah. me, at that time, I just needed to get uh, get good, strong teaching mm-hmm. and, and a real good understanding yeah. of a better understanding of the Bible yeah. and, the, and God. And so he preached a message one day, get out and get blessed. And so uh, I was going to be my 40th birthday, so I said, I'm going to go on a mission trip. Wow. So when I went on the mission trip with, uh, to Romania, uh, I, I went to the Republic of Moldova with uh, Romanian missionaries. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I went to the mission board at the church, I, I asked them, like, I want to go on a mission trip. And they said, okay. who are you? And I said... <laughs> I'm Cindy. <laughs> did they did they offer you Moldova or Romania? No, they said they or? were going to go on that trip in May or June. Okay, so they already had it said, and you went to them. They say, "Well, this is the next thing we have coming up." Yeah, uh-huh. and, and I said, uh, "Like I want," and I said, "May and June's good. That's when my birthday is. Mm-hmm. I want to give back." I left church, got a passport, and then I called them in two weeks, and they said the trip was canceled. Oh my! So I said, "Well." I know you think it's canceled, but I still want to go. So I went on the mission trip from the church by myself. Mm-hmm. With uh, wow. I flew to Romania, my first time out of the country. Um, I met the the missionaries there, mm-hmm. and then we had a three week camp in the Republic of Moldova, in the forest with no toilets, no mm-hmm. running water. And I always said, if if you would have told me on my 40th birthday I was in the Republic of Moldova in the forest with no water and no electricity and no wa- toilets, I would have called, I would have told you you were a liar. I, oh, I would, yeah. If you told me I was at the nail salon getting my nails done, I would have believed you. It sounded but, more like what, what you would have thought would happen. Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed. So I went there. It was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. When I came home, we stopped at an orphanage in the Republic of Moldova. And all these kids uh, were standing out in front of the orphanage waiting for us to arrive, bald heads, all looking the uniform clothes. And bald I just. Bald heads? Yeah, they were, I guess because really? of lice and stuff. Oh, and, my. And such, you know, terrible conditions there. Um, they were all standing, and the grass was long, and it was in the summer. And I don't know, I was just had an encounter with Jesus right then and there. Just started crying, and I couldn't stop crying for two days after that. And it wasn't so much about the kids, but it was just like my destiny and my Mm -hmm. purpose. They, it was like I saw what I was looking for. Wow. 
my whole life. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, he was talking about uh, at the end of days when people stand before him and when he's dividing the sheeps from the goats, which is a pretty heavy topic, a <laughs> very, very weighty thing to talk about. Yeah. But he said that people who... Uh, that, that will be in the goats, which are those that didn't walk in his ways, but called themselves his people. Because the goat's mm-hmm. pretty similar to a sheep. Uh, those are people that didn't really obey his commands. It didn't take care of, uh, he, he said, you know, I was in jail, but you didn't visit me. You know, I was hungry, but you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a cup of water to drink. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. And then the sheep, he says, you know, you did all these things, you did do every single one of them you did for me. You yeah. clothed me, you fed me, you did these. And they're like, when, when did we do that, Lord? And he said, as much as you did to my brothers, my brethren, my family, you did it unto me. Uh, and I've heard different people this is pretty crazy. I'm putting on my theologian hat for half okay, a second good, here. Good, good. But early, early on in Christianity, there was always a belief that when you go and you help the helpless and you go and you, uh, you strengthen the weak or when you're with someone who uh, has given their life for Jesus, like uh, someone who's about to be martyred, for instance, they believed if you stood in that person's presence Jesus was more present then than at any other time. So the Lord's presence was the strongest when you were with someone who was about to be martyred. Or the Lord's presence was strongest when you were with someone who was sacrificing so much to help those that were in need. Or (laughs) the Lord's presence was strong when you were the one serving those that were in need because of what Jesus says in his gospel. So uh, I remember a story that Dr. B gave and I'm using, I'm pulling one out of his book because I haven't had as many experiences. But it's one he always preaches about. And he says he went, and I have to ask everybody to forgive me because I can't remember, but it was with a missions group to uh, South America. And he went up into the, the hills in that country. And it, it was those that were like a part of native tribes that had gotten saved, extremely poor. And he was washing the feet of all these people and they didn't wear shoes. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine their feet were in a pretty rough condition. And as he was washing their feet, um, and this was like a legitimate foot wash, not just pouring water over them, but really washing their feet. As he was doing it, he looks up at the, the, these ministers, because that's who he was washing the feet of, believers and ministers in the mountains. And the presence of Jesus came on him so strong that he started to weep uncontrollably, which isn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> so he said it was the strongest he has ever felt the Lord's presence. And when he looked into their faces, it's like he was looking at the face of Jesus Christ. That's so amazing. Um, and uh, I'm using that really strong example <laughs> because you said uh, when you went there, I mean, you, those are pretty miserable conditions. <laughs> yeah. Most people in the natural, in their you know, human common sense, we'll put it that way, they would not be like, ah, I'm going to choose going to Moldova and living in the woods over getting my nails done or over just uh, being comfortable. But you said that from an early age, you had a, a passion to do those things. So... I'll ask that, where do you think that drive and that motivation to say, I'm going to do what's not comfortable to help these people? Where does that come from? Oh, wow. Good question, mm. Matthew. But I think it just, I was born with it. I mean, mm. God, in Jeremiah, it says that we have, 
He has a plan for our life. He knew before we were even created in our mother's wound when we were just floating around in the air in Jeremiah mm-hmm. 29. He knew. So it's like, it was just like, it was just something that I knew that I had a call on my life. And I was going to, I can only say like when I was 13, like even I wrote in a journal, like I'm going to do something great for wow. God one day. But I just didn't know what it was. (laughs) So, and I really didn't, I mean, it didn't really take a path where people could lead me and direct me or point me in that right direction. And and just like, you know, I had to gain the experience and Mm -hmm. gain the fortitude and gain the thick skin to get to the point where I could go and do Mm -hmm. what I'm doing today. But what you said about, you know, about the kids and like about Pastor uh, washing the feet of the people and sometimes when I'm you know tired and it doesn't seem like I can't report that yeah 1,000 kids got saved of you know f- in my feeding program but I can say that I fed fed over 1,000 kids in my feeding program and it was like feeding Jesus every wow. single time like serving the kids and sometimes in the mornings we come at seven o'clock in the morning we got ahead on the mission program but just to come in the morning and feed the kids who wouldn't eat breakfast normally is some of my greatest moments at the at my, of my life, mm-hmm. actually. Wow. It makes me so happy. <laughs> that, that's, what's, that's what's wild. You know, I've had the opportunity in the last few months to um, talk to you and Janice Watkins, yeah. who's a, she's a, does missions in El Salvador. She's what, awesome. What's so striking, both of you ladies are amazing, amazing women Thank of God. You. What's so striking is you, you both are extremely happy people, <laughs> <laughs> which like goes to show you, uh, it, Jesus said it's better to give than it is to receive. Amen. Yeah. So many people are really, un, I mean, the, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm bringing this up. This is sad, but uh, America is one of the most medicated countries in the world when it comes to depression we talk about mental health and western countries that are some of the most comfortable and financially stable in europe are just in line with america when it comes to how many mental health issues people are dealing with depression but i think and i don't want to snap judge it but i think a a lot of that is people have become so comfortable and have become very used to getting and getting and, and don't have a very strong sense of self-sacrifice and giving for, for someone else. Uh, and I say that because it seems like we talk about, people think that if I sacrifice my comforts, I'm going to be miserable. But it doesn't sound like that with you. No, no, <laughs> does no. not. And I mean, in, in Europe, I'm in Romania, so it's not, you know, so sleeping on a dirt floor or yeah. anything like that. So but I mean, there are some sacrifices, but I can tell you every sacrifice is worth it when you can sit down and feed a spoon of soup to a kid. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. or, you know, help a, wood, uh, a widow or, I mean, these things are the heart of God. Mm-hmm. This is what he says. And no matter where we are in the world, doesn't matter, Romania, El Salvador, mm-hmm. America, Poverty and people are hungry all over the world and need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if we have some, even before when I was in the States, before I went to Romania, if we have some uh, depression or something, let's do something for somebody else mm-hmm. and get our eyes off of ourselves mm-hmm. and put our eyes on and focus on other people because mm-hmm. this is what 
We were created and born. Jesus created us to have relationship with us and us to have with others. So we, we're, not, we're not good by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to be in position where we're together with other people, serving other people, because there's always someone that's in a condition that's worse than you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where it is in the world. I mean, I know some people say you live in America, but people are in poverty here. People are in... And you don't fix money problems with money. Mm -hmm. So this is, you, 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 fix, you fix problems by serving each other, doing things together, to, um. to walk out what Jesus did in the Bible. And so sometimes I feel like I'm just, you know, copying what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And because I want people to see our project, to see what we're doing, to, to see what I'm doing is to be the heart of God. That's it's, amazing because you said something. You said, um, I, can I say that I've saved a thousand children from, uh, from going hungry? And I said, I may not be able to say that, but I can say I fed a thousand children. It's, that's interesting because with a lot of humanitarian groups, there's a goal. They, they, they want to see an outcome. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you're, you're not trying to have an outcome. But the main goal is to show the love of Jesus, mm -hmm. not simply to change a circumstance. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, there's, there's a goal of we want to help the hungry mm -hmm. in Romania. <laughs> that's, that's a big goal. <laughs> right. we, we want there to be a social change. But the main goal is for each of these individuals to experience Jesus yeah. through the giving, through the act of love, through love. to feed them. Yeah. All we need is love, right? <laughs> I think a famous guy sang that song. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a service, and it gets our eyes off of ourselves mm -hmm. and gets our eyes to look in a different direction. And if we are all the time talking about us, myself, me, it's like if we get so self-absorbed, we couldn't see what's happening with my neighbor across mm -hmm. the street or uh, next door who their husbands left them, she lost her job, she needs help. We can't even see that because we're so consumed with our own issues. our own issues. And mm -hmm. it's it's tough. It's a tough life and it doesn't matter where we live or where we are. But I mean we need Jesus and He's the only answer. He's the way, the truth and the and the life and and, and to out and we have we're born to outserve each other. Hallelujah. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> we're born to outserve each other. At ISO, we always strive to provide discounts and incentives for our students. Now, we're thrilled to announce our best value ever, the ISO All Access Pass. For just $99 per month, any student can access our entire learning platform. An ever-expanding library of fascinating, groundbreaking teaching at your fingertips for the average price of just one ISO course. There has never been such a prime opportunity to pursue your biblical education. Students in many traditional schools pay $100 to learn every day for every single course. With the All Access Pass, that amount gives you access to our entire course catalog. At ISO, you can learn from world-class teachers on a wide variety of subjects, all at your own pace. With the subscription-based model of the All Access Pass, there are no obligations to put yourself in debt for decades. If you're hungry to learn about the Word, there's never been a better value. That's countless hours of teaching and materials with no limit on how much you can learn. Now, more than ever, ISO is excited to connect the Word with the world. Go to isow.org to get started with the All Access Pass today.
with um, missions work and because uh, we do have a, a course for people to sign on to our missions and evangelism course. Nice. But uh, with missions work, moving uh, right along, you said at 40 years old, uh, God at Twin Rivers, you heard this sermon and you were like, oh my word, I need to, I need to do something. I need to get out there. That's how I'm helping myself out. You just mentioned we're born to outserve each other. Yeah. So you, were, you had that understanding, that revelation of I'm going to give. And that's how I'm going to have joy in my life. And you, you then had this missions group with the, the church board for missions said, mm-hmm. okay, we've got this trip to Moldova with mm-hmm. these Moldovan mi- missionaries. That got canceled. Yes. Um, what happened next? So I, I went to the orphanage in, in on the way back in the Republic of Moldova. And then for two days, I started crying. And I, I had this, I mean, it was just like purpose and destiny collided, mm-hmm. like we said. I sat on the balcony of the fields and overlooking the vineyards in Romania for all like almost all night long and I just I weighed the cost I I wrote down like can I leave my job is this what I was called to do can I leave my dog my family my job my house can Mm -hmm. I give everything away to follow Jesus and serve in Romania and I said yes So I came back and I told my family that I was going to go into full-time missions and and I was going to maybe work one more year and then I was going to quit and go into full-time missions and go back and serve in Romania with Mm -hmm. the missionaries I was with. And believe me, along the way, I I worked one more year and I was in uh, Guatemala for an internship and then I went to Jacksonville after one year of uh, one more year of working, so I worked till I was 41, mm. and then I quit my job and went into full-time missions. Started to raise money, and uh, it was tough. A lot of no's, a lot of no's, le- but I say all the no's leads to the yes, <laughs> right? Wow. So all the every t- and there's no failure unless the one you didn't try. So. I it didn't work out to go back to Romania with those missionaries. Then I went to Florida and to work for a mission organization. That didn't work out, and I went came back home after that. I went to I went on other mission trips: Costa Rica, Mon Jordan, some other places I can't uh, think about. Just on short-term trips to see if that was the thing. But I still my heart burned for Romania. Mm-hmm. Why I I don't know. Because I really was with Romanian missionaries in Republic of Moldova. Wow! So it's two different countries. So the begin, so from the beginning, Romania just stuck with you. Yeah. Wow. But I wasn't even in Romania. Huh. <laughs> and also, again, when we go back to when I was 13 and saved, it was just like a call I had on my life. And when the pastor preached the message, I said, "Okay, I have a great life now. I'm going to do something." Mm-hmm. And so I did. Anyway, it was a lot of no's along mm-hmm. the way took three years and I finally in total frustration and discouragement I landed in where I am now and that's in Medjidia, Romania. Mm-hmm. I had a heart to serve kids. I wanted to, well actually I just wanted to feed kids. That was the basis yeah. of it. And I um, Did the was, Lord speak to you? Did he say, you know, uh, Cindy, 
feed the children. Just a clear message from the Lord. Why was up? Just not to say, you know, it's really good to feed kids. Yeah, so right, It's right. just, that yeah. may just be common sense. I'm going to go and feed some hungry children. Yeah, that's common <laughs> sense. Was, there, was it just a common sense of, okay, this is a goal that I have. This is my baseline. Or did you feel God put that phrase on you? Well, spirit? I think it was, it was more... Uh, I mean, this is where I, I, I developed the phrase because I couldn't express, like, I just wanted to serve God. I just wanted to do something practical. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, like, go do crusades around the world for thousands of people. I didn't want to go to Bible college. I was 41 <laughs> years old. I didn't want to, I mean, no, nothing against Bible college, you, but I liked the <laughs> online classes. <laughs> you, you literally, like, every young minister, everything that they want, you're like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do the normal path because that would be too easy. Oh. <laughs> so I want to make it the hard way. So um, anyway, I just said, I just wanted to do something practical. If I want to mm-hmm. cut hair for Jesus, I should be able to cut oh, hair. Wow. And so I said, you know, so then that was like, I just want to go feed kids. And why do I need to have a college degree to feed kids in, in Europe? So um, I, I, of course, didn't attend any Bible school mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I eventually landed, I landed in Medjidia, Romania. I spoke with the pastor that I never met before there. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, I said, I want to feed kids. And basically, I want to feed kids. And he said, I have a building and, it's del- and you can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't believe me. I didn't believe him. And now, 12 years later, we have a beautiful community center where we're feeding kids in Medjidia, Romania. We renovated mm-hmm. the whole building. We have teams come. So if you want to come, come to Medjidia, Romania mm-hmm. uh, and help feed kids. Yeah. Um, they, we'd have homework po- program, Bible program. It's kids who are very, you know, living in poverty, extreme poverty, no water, no electricity, and um, we have a beautiful program. So now we have 80 kids who are mm-hmm. registered in the public school. And they're the first generation in history to go to school in their family. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. I, I had, when I was uh, in college, one of my roommates, you know, sometimes you have multiple roommates in college. But one of my roommates mm-hmm. was a Romanian Pentecostal. And uh, his family had immigrated uh, to I think his his parents were the first generation to immigrate to the United States, wow. but they would still go back and forth and visit Romania, mm-hmm. and they lived in a community uh, that moved I think in Knoxville, Tennessee, of yeah. Romanians who came over here. So he talked about a few different things. Um, do you run specifically because he was Romanian Pentecostal? Is that where you kind of found your niche uh, for support when you were at Romania? Yeah, I mean I. It, it didn't really matter for me what mm-hmm. denomination, well, I mean, in some senses it did. Yeah, if it hinders the, the work, you're right, like, okay, right. we got to work with somebody that work with us. Yeah, of course. So, you know, and the door was open and I walked through it. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I of course, I I mean, and it's a wonderful group of people. The pastor there is, you know, it's a Romanian church and the pastor is very westernized. Mm-hmm. He's... Um, he's a church planter. Yeah. He's got church planting in his bones and, and he's a visionary. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it was awesome. I'm a visionary. He's a visionary. So he just said, you know, do what you want. And I was glad he let me do what I want. 
Yeah. And, wow, that's a lot um, of freedom. He just he just gives you a blank check. Well, we do. Need to do. Well, yeah. I mean, the check is a stretch. But <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not a best metaphor. <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, so. Yeah. Um, but they had a building. They had a heart to do social projects, and they were waiting for somebody to mm-hmm. come. They tried several social pro- uh, projects, and it didn't get off. Then I came, which God sent me. It was d- it's total divine connection. Wow. Um, it's you know just beautiful if you just continue to follow, you know just follow the open doors and sometimes it's not always the right thing you know it's not always what's best but there was so many lessons in the no's Mm -hmm. that lead to the yes and eventually the yeses the no's lead to the yeses wow